This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Mumba, I kind of did it and then aborted it. That will sound terrible. Please don't do that. No, I won't do that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's for the bloopers. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Green and White, brought to you by Argo Life. 13 years ago, when we were relegated at home to Newcastle United, Home Park vowed that we'd be back. Although it took longer than expected, by our administration and surviving in the Football League by the skin of our teeth, it's finally happened. Plymouth Argyle are back in England's second flight. To repeat the famous words of Gordon Sparks, that's it, Argyle are up. Joining me this week are the champagne-popping Dan Ellard. Hey, how's it going? Good, how's the head? Oh, a little sore, but don't get promoted every day, do you? So why not? Exactly, exactly. The Racing Media Academy's finest horse racing commentator, Joe Bell. Good to be back. Yeah, it's been a few weeks, isn't it? Um, And I called this promotion months ago. So uh, those of you who joined us on the podcast from when we resurrected it, I told you so. Well, well done to you. Uh, Mr. World of Juice. Lou, how are you? Buzzing. Um, I haven't written an intro for Finn, so I'm just going to say hi, Finley Allen. How's things? Are you going to believe us? You are going to believe us now. Well, you've, you've nicked a bit for Sam. And of course, Sam down. Surely now you've got to believe us. I reckon we might just be going up at this point. Yeah, I reckon we can, uh, can probably count on it now, yeah. 
you say that though, but I can imagine your nerves for any potential title challenge on Sunday are in the gutter. I'm I'm really chilled about Sunday. Uh, as I mentioned in the last pod, we're going on it. We're going to have a great weekend. Going to drink a lot of alcohol, a lot more than I've already drunk over the last couple of days, which, in it, which is in itself an awful lot. I plan to drink even more on Thursday, even more on Friday. Uh, Saturday, I'll see how I'm see how, see how I'm lasting, see how my liver's doing. I might drink a bit more. And then on Sunday, I'm just going to go and I'm going to enjoy one more game of this magnificent, magnificent season that we've had. Um, I'd love us to win the league because I think some of the Ipswich fans online have been so sour and miserable about us. So I'd love us to win just so we can come above them. Not all of them. I know some of them have been very gracious, but, but some of them have just um, gone on my nerves. So I hope we win the league. But if we don't, I'm going to probably be annoyed for about 10 minutes and then I'll forget about it because promotion was the big thing. Promotion was the thing that was making my heart pounding and keeping keeping me awake at night worrying about it. And we've done it. And, and just what an incredible team, incredible day, incredible city. Um, one of the happiest moments of my life, uh, for sure. And I very much did not tell you so. <laughs> I very much told you the opposite. I don't, I don't think there's any we, promotion. Can we just say... Aaron, Aaron, before we go any further, can we just say that uh, Sam's rather uh, eccentric attitude towards drinking is not something that's supported by Argo Life and we encourage all <laughs> listeners to drink responsibly? Absolutely right. <laughs> I don't think it was any promotion hopes that were keeping you up at night, Sam. I think, I think you sunk five or six vodka Red Bulls, full cans, before we even got to Home Park on Saturday. Never mind. I can I can confirm for the record it was five, not six. Aaron said five or six. It was five. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, that's all right then. Kept my kept my nerves alert. You know, it's, um, did the trick. Before we get onto any promotion celebration chat, let's. And, let's... And, and I'm sorry for the benefit of um, of, our, of our listeners with any sponsorship. Other energy drinks are available as well. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be Red Bulls. So carry on. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we excluded energy drinks from our um, sponsorship agreement. So. There could be a Tenzing advert or something similar uh, in the pipeline. I'm not sure. Um, before we get on to obviously the, the promotion celebrations and the, and the good chat of the uh, the beers on the Barbican, let's um, let's let's talk for the one nil win over Burton Albion. Who, who was this one first? Um, I'll do it if you want. If you want. Um, so all in all, if we do, if we take away from the occasion and we just look at it another game this season. Um, I think he would have said that we would have deserved the win. I thought Burton were a very well-organised side um, and you could see how they had managed to get results against Sheffield Wednesday and, and Barnsley and pushed Derby all the way in, in recent weeks too. Um, they didn't really cause us any problems. I think apart from one save at the beginning, um, when Dan Scar had a bit of a mix-up and Callum Burton and James Wilson combined made a decent save, basically. Um, that was the only real chance they had. There was a couple of scrambles in the box, one particularly after we just scored, um, but we managed to get into half-time. And then actually, um, I mean, we can talk about the sort of end of the game later, but I think the referee was particularly kind on the on the minutes um, added on at the end, probably because he wanted to go off the pitch. Um, but we negated that, the, the the time added on at the end superbly well. And I think kind of fully deserved the win, to be honest with you. Well, I think 
clutch, as the uh, as our American friends might say, would probably be an appropriate term to use for these last, well, the three home games and then and then Shrewsbury before that as well, with so much on the line, with Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich being absolutely relentless behind us, um, to come through those three home games with not only getting wins, but I'd say playing well in all three of them as well, um, particularly probably... Um, well, particularly Burton and, and Bristol Rovers to an extent, um, was, was fantastic. Niall Ennis, um, to, to pick out an individual, obviously scoring in all three. Uh, but, the, but the team as a whole um, has done just an astonishing job this season. And, and even when, um, you know, the, it kind of came to crunch time and we could, have, we could have done our annual bottle, as I think... Uh, our, our Twitter admin pointed out was going to be a was maybe going to be a thing. Uh, we didn't, and we kept on defying it over and over again. And here we are. Yeah, the um, the bottling the bottling tweets were quite relentless on on Sunday. I think they put out four or five, didn't they? Yeah, and there was the the guy who's going to got to get a tattoo of Shuey on his chest because he said we wouldn't come top two in Feb or something like that. Yeah, we can definitely tell that we've got a new Twitter admin who loves a full and uh, loves a full stop. Um, yeah, go on, Joe. Burton Albion. Yeah, um, and that's what I want. Those two words there, I want to talk about really. Uh, just a couple of things on Burton. Um, I want to because obviously we're gonna we're gonna talk plenty about Argyle tonight. Um, but I do actually think it'd be remiss of us if we didn't touch on on the Brewers. A um, couple of things about them. Uh, I agree with what Finn said. Really, they're they're a very well organised side. Um, they had a horrendous start to the season this year. Um, Dino Marmory has gone in, he's put a structure in there, he's put an organization in there. Um, I'll never forgive them for the Adrian Mariapa 99th minute equalizer, whatever it was earlier in the year. It seems like an eternity ago. Um, now obviously, with us going in our direction that we are, um, but they've come a long way since then. Um, I think they're a better side now than what they were when we played them all those months ago. Um, and the other thing I want to touch on is I think the 284, I think it was away fans. I think they deserve a huge, huge accolade because uh, I know ticket sales would have gone on before their survival was clinched. Um, but the thought of coming to home park where we'd only lost twice all season to clinch survival would have been a daunting prospect and yet they still managed to sell um a decent number of tickets um and what for what was a dead rubber as well in the end for them um so i think they deserve they deserve a good bit of praise um i just thought i'd balance things out before we go into full partisan mode in a minute yeah i mean i thought actually there was what there was one player um who john g um on Twitter at snappy happy chappy was a good uh, at tag. Uh, asked, he said, "Now the dust has settled." Um, it hadn't at the time, but uh, you had to single out this lad from the opposition yesterday who made Ballymumba earn his wage over the ninety minutes. That was uh, Thierry Latty Fairweather. Um, he looked absolutely rapid down that side. Um, gave. I was quite surprised we didn't swap Edwards with Mumba just to like as a defensive. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Because game's over. But it looked like a good. Good young prospect. They seem to have a few on there on the pitch that might have been youth prospects. There was a couple of high numbers. I noticed that Exeter did the same up at Ipswich, chucked on a few with um, extremely high numbers. So 
I assume that's um yeah but what what I would say is that they've they've got a little bit there to work on haven't they through the summer like there's there's a good foundation there that as as Finn touched on they're solid they they've got a good structure um Mamre is as I say he's turned them around and they just need to add they lost the um goal scorer on the last day of the summer window didn't they which wouldn't have helped them they lost Adab- they lost Adabayejo as well um so they're in a bit of a transition, but if they can add one or two players of quality, I'm sure they'll be comfortable next season in the division. Um, in what on paper should be a bit more of an easier division next year with three big boys leaving for the championship. Yeah, I think I think you you touched on it there, but Mamre has worked there. He looks an absolute gem. I think he's um he might be one to watch. I don't know where he was before. I, you know, I'm not going to pretend I know much about him, but um, yeah doing a great job at Burton you know very small budget as well um Niall Ennis uh Shaw knows how to finish at the Barn Park end uh some calls on Twitter to to start naming at the Niall Ennis end um Dan you touched on it obviously three goals in three games for Niall um it's about time we basically just gave him a blank sheet of paper and told him to write whatever number he wants on it right uh, maybe um, it's funny how that the kind of dynamic of our of our first choice striker has swung though even over the last few months between um, you know around January time when it was kind of Ennis and Cosgrove hitting it pretty hard and Hardy looked a little bit out of favour then Hardy came right back in with his goal streak um, starting off with that Cheltenham game and, and and really looked like you know looked undroppable at points um, you know throughout March. Um, and now Ennis has come back in and, and again just looks looks to be our, our first choice striker again and, and on you know the goals per minute thing which we touched on last week um and his all-round play. Um it could well be that you know he he is our first choice going into next season. What I would say though is with um Ennis and Hardy as options uh next season if they are both still here, hopefully they are. Um up against quality championship sides where we might have to sit deeper, we might have to play a very kind of kind of cautious, take our chances, counter-attacking style um, up against a high line. Um, Hardy might be the better option in quite a few games just to stretch defences and push teams back a bit again because I have no doubt that, you know, some of the quality teams we come up against next season, they are going to force us deep, force us into a low block and we will need some kind of pacey outlet to get out of that. So certainly still see an um, opportunity for Hardy into the future, even though right now, as as we've said, Ennis is uh, banging the goals in and his all-round play is pretty damn good as well. Yeah, I've always said that even if um, even if Hardy does move on and he goes to a championship club, a lot of people were doubting whether he would make it at that level. And to be honest, I just think even as that third-choice striker off the bench is just... That's an incredible amount of pace to have, isn't it? Just to just to whip off the bench and and change games in that dynamic. So yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that we get contracts for both of those, and maybe uh, obviously Cosgrove will go back to Birmingham, won't he? So um, maybe that's where we, we we sign a new striker in that that position. Full time whistle. How are the how are the emotions? I know I was I was a bundle of tears, um, getting hugged left, right, and centre. So. Um, final wish. How are your final wish emotions, Sam? 
I'll start with you. Uh, you went a bit Steve McLaren there, didn't you? Your final racial emotions. Um, yeah, it was. Um, Please cut that. Sorry, it was. Um, it was. Um, the, imp- the impressions are. The impressions are for our future Patreon subscribers. So I'm not. Um, <laughs> um, before I touch on the vital whistle, I want to talk about a moment about two minutes before it, when that header went across uh, the face of goal about five yards out, seemingly <laughs> not really much I don't want to criticise our players after an incredible weekend, seemingly nobody really marking him. The header sort of fell to, I can't remember which Burton player it was, was it Brayford? Um, just out and thank goodness it just whistled at a yard or two wide of the goal. Um, I had been, as anybody who's ever watched a football match will not be surprised here, an absolute um, wreck of nerves um, for like the last half hour. Every little moment, uh, even when we kind of looked like we were nearly misplacing the ball on our own half, I was gasping and wheezing. and gritting it's generous for you to say the last half an hour as well, the last six months. Well, yeah, but the last half, I, I have an Apple Watch and I, I again, other, other brands are available, but my my um, my, my watch recorded a heartbeat of over 168 beats per minute at points in that second half. Um, and when that had a whistle across the face of goal... Balls, mate. Yeah, well, possibly so. But the, when, that, when that one whistled across the face of goal, I, I just sort of turned and I, and I did that really happen? Like I, I think at that at that point my, I was in such a heightened state of nerves I didn't actually process how how close that came. And then when the full time whistle, I've I often in the last week have, have kind of let myself wonder, let myself imagine what my reaction would be. And I, I kind of thought you know I might be jumping for joy, hugging people, even crying. And I think all I did all of that later in the evening to some greater or lesser extent, but my initial reaction, I I just stood completely stock still for a minute or two. Like, I I don't think, it it was just numb. It was like when you, when you hear something or see something that's so shocking or so emotionally significant or emotionally good that you just don't take it in. And I I, I just stood there for a a minute or two in in, in just total, total disbelief. Um, uh, Almost almost not really feeling anything because all I was feeling was that, that sort of numb, instinctive shock. And then, as the emotions began to sink in, and as I went on to the Barbican and then spent the night with some some great friends, old and new, um, um, it would it was it was incredible. It was like I say, it, it couldn't have been any better. Um, with, with, with every with all the you know talk about about what's going to happen, all, all the build up, all the tension, uh, I didn't enjoy the ride as much as I could, uh, but I certainly enjoyed the destination, um, and it was it was absolutely superb. Um, and as I'm talking. Um, Bad news for those wanting to go to Everton next season. They've just equalised against Leicester. Oh. I'll, I'll let someone else give their um, give their uh, views, feelings on the the moment surrounding full time. Who else wants to go? I I'm not I'm not going to touch too long on you know me shedding a tear or two. But yeah, for those first like well first hour really, I just couldn't really put any words together. I was kind of just like we've actually done this, and at points. You know, there's there's lots of people on this podcast who sat there a lot longer than me, but this is my probably this is my twelfth year going to Argo, and uh, you know at times I probably never thought this would happen, um, and I I've never seen this happen before. So the, my first reaction was to basically start crying, and then I just turned away to the pitch and had my head in my hands for about the first five minutes, and then after about an hour I kind of recovered and it was. Then, then it was jubilation. But even then, like I feel like uh, yesterday and today have felt even better than Saturday did because I didn't have the chance to quite take it in um, as much. 
Yeah, I think for me, coming back, I sat on a train for seven and a half, eight hours with rail replacement and um, Great Western's classic delays. Yeah, it was almost like, oh, is that like, is is that it? Like, what happens now? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, you've waited so long for it and then now it's here. It's like, oh, yeah, we've actually done it. Like, I think, like Sam, like maybe could have enjoyed the, uh, the journey a little bit more, but now I'm at the destination. Obviously, I'll enjoy it a lot more when we're actually in the championship, and I'm sure, but yeah, it's still not quite fully sunk in, I don't think. I think next Sunday, that's when it will hit me properly. But I think um, Finn's touched on it a second ago. Whilst maybe I've not been to sort of a regular attendee as long as some people, you know, I started going, you know, full time in that first season down in League Two. So it almost feels like a sort of it's sort of come full circle for me. And so to be sat at the top of block five, or stood at that point, I imagine, um, with the guys that I first started going with back in sort of 2011, um, it, it was hard not to 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 get emotional. I think I think as soon as they started the uh, the the Bowie, I uh, yeah, it, it sort of went went for me. But um, it was it was incredible. I think it was more, the most nervous I've been all season I think I was very much enjoying the ride and then it actually got to got to about half time yesterday maybe just shortly before before we scored actually um when I did start getting getting a few nerves here and there but yeah it was it was a lot of relief um there was a lot of hugs going off up at the top there but um it was an incredible day um I couldn't have asked for much more really um and I think yeah, again, all the guys on the, on the pitch, I'm sure they're having a great time, but even just watching up in the stands was fantastic. Um, and I, I hope everyone, everyone enjoyed it as much as I did, really. Yeah, Joe, your uh, your experience was slightly different on the day, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm sort of in a um, lucky position, the fact that I didn't actually have to go through any of the emotions of the day. Um, I just sat there constantly refreshing flash scores and Twitter waiting for my updates to roll in. Um, for context, I wasn't at the game. Um, I've been away all week, so I haven't been at any of the three. You like to you like every... boycott big finals, don't you? I do, yeah. I, I like boycotting the big moments. Um, now, this wasn't a boycott. Um, this was a family wedding, which meant a lot to everyone involved. Um, and we had an amazing day. Uh, I actually only watched the game a few hours ago, so it's still pretty fresh in my mind. Um, uh, the atmosphere was fantastic from even through Argo TV. You could pick that up. Um, but yeah, I was at a wedding. Uh, there was about a dozen of us getting constant updates. There was one device that was following it very closely. We had a singer who was singing during the meal, giving us minute by minute updates from BBC Sport. Um, at the end of every song, she'd tell us what time was on the clock and what the score was. Um, and then I've never seen a wedding celebrate a full-time whistle at a football match more than what the Graham wedding did on Saturday afternoon. But um, no, it was a special day. Uh, I'll never forgive him for getting married on the day that Argo got promoted to the championship, even if it was a great honour to be his best man or one of the best men. Um, but yeah, we we partied long into the night. We didn't make it to the Barbican as originally planned, but we toasted Argo and had many, many celebratory drinks in the evening. 
Yeah, I suppose you can always hit the Barbican for the uh, title winning party. Uh, Nance touched on it in his, his post-match interview. Um, I think it was with Charlie Price. Uh, he was sort of ambushed during the celebrations. Obviously, the turnaround since that, you know, that heartbreaking Scunfort game. I mean, the turnaround for both clubs. Um, yeah, less said about them, the better. Uh, four or five years ago, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Like, I don't think... I think actually the turnaround since then has been bigger than the turnaround 13 years ago, if that sort of makes sense. I, I said, well, I was saying that to Dan just, just yesterday about how it's not just the turnaround since 2010 or the turnaround since 2015. The turnaround since 2019, getting relegated to League Two, uh, well, we just sat Derek Adams, Carey wasn't staying, Lemiris wasn't staying, having to rebuild the whole club and squad from scratch, Halleck going into his first full season as owner. Who on earth would have possibly thought that four years on from that, we'd be in the championship? Two promotions in four years, just absolutely incredible. Um, and, and furthermore, even two years ago, at the end of that COVID season, well, there were so many, you know, disappointing games. Yeah, we stayed up in our first season back up. So I'm not saying that seems much a failure, but how bad form we were in ending the season, really dreadful form. We came 18th. In, in a league where so many teams were outspending us, not many teams after that would have then mounted such a big attempt for the playoffs. And then after that, then gone up and got promoted and, and potentially won the league, fingers crossed. J- just a huge turnaround, even over that two years since the end of that COVID season, when we were filled with a team full of, of you know, kids effectively who, who couldn't defend. And we had, don't get me wrong, that team had some potential. Cooper was coming through, Connor Grant was playing well. Jeff Cott was playing well, Ennis had just been signed. So I'm not saying that was a dreadful team, but even looking how overwhelmingly transformed this team is two years on from that, it's just in itself an extraordinary transformation. And, and I think that needs, you know, paying attention to as well. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely mad. Like you said, I remember that, I think it was Gillingham game. And it was just like the last, I think it was like the last game of that season under low. And I just remember like Tomlinson starting. And we went 1-0 down. Oh. <laughs> and I just shut my Mac and just went for a walk. I was like, nope. No. Nope. Our back our back four that ended that game was Joe Edwards uh, at right back, Ollie Tomlinson and Tyrese Fauna at centre back, and Ryan Law at left back. Luke McCormick in goal as well. Luke, and yes, and Luke McCormick in goal, quite right, yes. Oh yeah. Well, there'll be a nice little reunion with Tyrese Fauna next season if uh, if Reading stay up. So that'd be good. There's a guarantee three points. Unlikely they stay up, however, but yeah. Moving on to a Twitter question. Pork Fried Jake says, uh, <laughs> now that we've got promotion, would you really mind if we didn't win the league? I'd love to see us lift the trophy, but I don't think it would be the end of the world. Well, I've had a, bit, a couple of thoughts about that. And, and certainly looking over these past um, 13 years, like we've said, not all of those seasons have been bad. Obviously, we've had some, we've had a couple of promotions in there. We've had um, and some other kind of objectively successful seasons. But even in those, there's always been a bit of a kind of bittersweet element to it. The two promotions, one of them was behind closed doors with COVID, so we couldn't really celebrate it. Um, the other one under Derek, we lost the title to Portsmouth on the final day. Again, pretty bittersweet. Um, we finished seventh under Adams, but that was dropping, kind of uh, missing out on the playoffs on the final day. Um, the, the relegation season, you know, enough said. Um, it, it, there has always been a little bit of a kind of bittersweet, um, slight kind of tinge of disappointment to it. 
Um, and that goes back, you know, probably back to kind of the Holloway era. So, yes, if we finish second, if Ipswich beat us to the title, you know what? We've still had an incredible season. We've we've overachieved wildly. Um, but this once, just this once, let's have a, you know, no kind of slight sting in the tail. It would only be a slight sting in the tail, but it would be nice to just have that kind of perfect finish to the season. Let's break the 100-point barrier. Let's finish the job. And, yeah, let's bring that bring that trophy home. You touch on Grimsby slightly there. Who Who's going to be our, uh, this season's Jimmy Spencer? Let's, no, let's, let's not touch on Grimsby. Just touching on the point that Dan's just made. The title's in our hands. I absolutely want to win the title. None of this nonsense that all oh, we're promoted. That's the that's the target met. We can talk about that next week. I want to win the title because it's in our hands. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, with with the fact that if we were two points behind going into this game, I think it would be a very different mindset of well, let's go there, let's see if we can get the three points, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, the fact that it's 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 with us, isn't it? You know, it's ours to lose effectively. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the mindset the players have to have is that they've put themselves in this position to win a division. They've now got to go out there and finish the job. The job isn't finished until three o'clock on Sunday. And the the job is to go and win the league now. How hard would it be, or how heartbreaking would it be, let's put it this way, to be a fan of the best League One side ever, to get 100 points and potentially 100 goals and still finish second. Very funny. It... Can I quickly do an impression of John Olsop? <laughs> that, is the, that is a fantastic John Olsop laugh. I, I enjoy it. I, I mean, the thing is, that I personally don't get all of this Ipswich loving from the Times. The Times. Literally, one of the biggest newspapers in the United Kingdom, is saying how Ipswich Town are better than Plymouth Argyle, despite the fact that going into match day 46 of the season, we are top. You can statistically say they're better than us. Well, actually, we've got more points. So, you know, that's what football is measured on. So we're better, aren't we? For now, anyway. And even if even if they are better next week and they do win the title, then... They've spent three million more pounds than us doing it, so I don't really care. Yeah, it, well, it'll be hard to take. It'll be hard to take. Um, I know my my Norwich Greens flag is going to finally get its first outing, so I might keep it in the bag until <laughs> until the final whistle. But um, I can imagine that that will go down well in Suffolk. Should we lift the title? Um, try. I'll try and chuck that to Barry. Joe Edwards, please do it. It'll be amazing. It'll be brilliant. I think I think Bally will be my first choice over Edwards, but yeah. Cool. Let's pause that there and then jump on another track. So we've only got five minutes left of this one. Are you not gonna do are you not gonna do like a seamless outro into an advert break here, or is that how you're gonna add Don't go all unprofessional on us now, Aaron, as the host, just because we got promotion. You've got to finish your job as well. Let's take a break there. How's that, Jay? All good? <laughs> 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Jack Leslie says, firstly, I hope everybody got absolutely sloshed this weekend. I think we've confirmed that most of us did, um, if not all of us. How important will our ridiculous success with low knees prove to be in the championship? You tend to get some unbelievable talent from the Premier League. Um, well, he said Premiership, but I don't think it's been called for Premiership for quite some time. He'd like Rack, Saki and obviously Whitaker back. Um, you, yeah. Um, I'd like a lot of things in life, but we're not guaranteed to get them. Um, it will, we will explore the loan market, I'm sure, with great success as we have done this season. But, um, I would suggest we're going to be heavily reliant on it again, just because that's our, our model. Um, but if it's anywhere near as successful as it has been this season, then I don't think any of us will be complaining about that. We can't be loan FC without any loans, can we? Oh, we've got to own that tag now, haven't we? Yeah, got to well, keep going with that. Though, I feel like the success we've had over the last few years will lead to us getting better talents than maybe we could have originally. Look at when we went up to the championship last time and we signed uh, Silvani Banks Blake for Man United. That's just like I'm not saying um, like the mid 2000s is a very different time in terms of football finances, but that's the kind of things you can start looking at, like young players from Man United or like um, Hannibal Mesbury plays for Birmingham or somebody like that, you know what I mean? So things like that, um, those kind of opportunities become sort of actually look, you know, they look like they could be a possible acquisition that we could make. Um, I believe that Rak Saki has sort of become a, a rumour that's starting to do the rounds around social media um, in the last couple of days. Um, Obviously, Charlton haven't had a very good season by their standards, but um, he was named their player of the season. So, yes, he. I mean, I don't know much about him, but he could be a good acquisition. Yeah, I mean, he tore us apart um, up at the Valley, but um, I think we'll get on to more of uh, next season in a a proper end of season pod um, where we discuss winning the title. Lee Smith says where to start. I don't think it's sunk in the magnitude of success. This is I also need to thank those who have contributed during our darker times from Reed, Fletcher, Sheridan and Brent, etc. I hope wherever they were at 5 PM Saturday, they could take some pride in what happened. Is there anybody else we need to thank? It's a long list, isn't it? It's a long list. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is a long list. I, I just think, um, it, it, I was just reflecting on it, because I think it's a very good point, but I think everybody 
who's got us here. I don't think I'm just saying this to be to be sort of PC or to be nice. Everyone who's got us here have have some little part to play in this. I think Peter Reed um, kept kept the morale going when when the club like it was going fast. I literally physically kept the club going, paying the phone bill. Um, Carl Fletcher was, was the leader of the players as a representative for them when they weren't getting paid. He, he kept morale up. He kept the players fighting. And then he kept this up that first season in League Two. John Sheridan turned the tanker around. Um, we Again, we we looked like a club of being absolutely doomed uh, to kind of perennially being down at the bottom of League Two, um, just having bad season after another. And he he then was the one who made it not be that. He, he de- didn't get us over the line of getting us up. But I think it was a, you know, the right time he left when he did. But he, he turned the tanker around from perennial failure to to something that wasn't that. And I think Derek Adams deserves thanks. He, he was the one who, who actually first brought real tangible success, um, getting us getting us to that to Wembley and then and then getting us throated and then getting a seventh in in League One. Well, then the fourth season happened. But even even though he actually left us in pretty much the same position he found us, which is actually probably the in, in, a, in a way that that kind of is actually worse than Sheridan, but he he, he actually did Sheridan left us in a much better position than he found us and Adams didn't. But what Adams did do was he he gave us more incredible moments and he changed the culture um to to get to get us um you know to, to be in a club that was more professional in many ways in football operations and a club used to winning again. Um and then and then Stephen Schumacher happened. Yeah. And well look I I I I, I wanted I think um if I can thank Ryan Lowe for anything, it's bringing Stephen Schumacher for our goal as number one and number two is deciding to leave when he did. Because I think if he'd have turned down Preston and signed a new deal with us, we wouldn't have had yesterday. Because I think Ryan Lowe is a good manager um, for for this level, and I think he's done a he's done a fine job at Preston, really, considering you know that they're, they're not a big club for that level as much as I like to think they are. But he's done a, he's done a fine job uh, at Preston, um, but he's not done an incredible job. He's not done a job of getting a team with a what was at the start of the season, the mid-table budget, by the end was maybe a bit better than the January spending, certainly nowhere near at a top two budget. He's not dragged that team into the top two. Never mind in the top two. We've had a top two of all the, like I said on the pod last week, all these injury crises in the toughest year ever in terms of points required. The job Stephen Schumacher has done, and I don't think it's any hyperbole, and I know Aaron's going to quote this for the, for the tweets for the pod, one of the best jobs ever done by any manager in the EFL in, in history. And I don't think that's hyperbole. Um, teams with worse budgets or Joe gives Sam his phone back t- t- team, teams with smaller clubs than us have gone up out of this league but they've certainly not gone up with 98 hopefully 101 points and they've certainly not done it with as bad luck as we've had it is just quite simply the most jaw-dropping incredible job any Argyle manager has done certainly in my lifetime and I'm gonna, I think probably in the, in the entire history of the club and Every single day that passes, he remains our manager of the win because I think he's destined for far, far greater things in years to come. And I think we will be looking back in 20 or 30 years' time as like a bit of a claim to fame. Like, you know, you know, Schumacher, he started his career at Argyle. I think he will be that good a manager that, that, that will be boasting about that. And I just can't speak highly enough. And I think we people talk about who's the biggest asset for getting a series. It's Simon Hallett for the money he's put into the club, um, you know, very possibly. Is it Mike Cooper for you know the big potential he's got, the money he could make us again? Possibly, I think it's Schumacher because I think even with all the rest of it's in place, we're maybe a, we're maybe a team that is 
seventh, eighth, ninth, pushing on towards the playoffs, maybe just because of the culture that Hallett introduces, which would still be very good. But we're, we're not having the season we've just had without Schumacher. Not, not a way, not, not a chance of it. He's our biggest asset, and he's probably one of the biggest assets that any club has in the entire EFL. And there we go. That's my tribute to how brilliant he is. And if anyone else wants to add to that, feel free. I saw a, a an article today in the Herald which said that, well, Stephen Schumacher basically admitted that Argyle's target for this season was fin- finishing sixth, so in the playoffs, one better than last season, and with 75 points. Um, and then at Christmas, when they knew that they were going to beat that total, they set the points total to pushing for promotion, um, which they evaluated to be at 92 points. We've beaten that by six because we've had to because of the incredible runs of Sheffield Wednesday. Not in the last few weeks, but they did go 23 games and beat, and I believe, and then obviously Ipswich. But to beat your target at the start of the season by 23 points, that is um, colossal and a testament to just how good. I don't think, I think we're kind of taking it for granted at the moment, just how good the guy is. At particularly in game changes. Um, we've talked about John Sheridan's uh, <laughs> involvement in this journey, and whilst it's valid, under him, I believe we turned around, yes, against Barnet, a massive, massively important game in our history. Uh, that's the only game that we actually turned around from a 1 0 deficit. And pretty much most times this season, we have. Basic, well, it feels like anyway, we've come from a one like he does it every game, and I don't think that can be underestimated. I guess you could argue that we should have a faster start, but the ability to do that, it doesn't kind of matter, you know. If you can do that, then <laughs> do what you like. That 5 0 loss away at MK Don's the last game of last season, home to MK Don's, in fact, yeah, yeah, of course. That was that was make or break, right? That was like. A lot of people would have crumbled under that and, you know, second-guessed themselves all summer. And you, you have to give huge credit for the people behind the scenes as well. I mean, I'm going to echo what Sam says. If not the greatest manager we've ever had, one of. One of. I don't think he. I don't think he's overtaken Sturrock just yet for me. Just. Maybe if he, maybe if he takes us up again. Where am I going with this tangent? Stuck with him, believed in the vision, believed in the plan. And to see it come to fruition is an absolute madness. Well, we saw in 2018, didn't we? A, a seventh place finish. Um, and then, the, you know, just missing out on the playoffs. And then the following season, uh, we went down. So, um, yeah, maybe, well, I'm sure all sorts of things happened, you know, in that team early on in, in 18, 19. But it seemed to me that, you know, Adams kind of lost the plot a bit and, and tried tinkering way too much. And, and we played some weird and wacky formations and team selections and it just kept getting it wrong. And we ended up getting relegated. Schumacher didn't reinvent the wheel um, from last season. He built on what we had. He got better quality loanies in. Um, and we just, just took off. I mean, it's there are so so many stats that you can kind of pull out of the bag and kind of say to, to demonstrate what a great season this is. But I think certainly um, Fortress Home Park would be one of those in terms of the fact that we have had quite a few seasons 
um, certainly in this 13-year run since last being in the championship where we have not had a great home record and teams have probably come down here and fancied three points. 20 wins out of 23 games this season. It's just astonishing saying it, isn't it? Just a quick one. I read some, I don't know if it's true or not. I only saw it as a tweet on Twitter, but somebody said that some uh, that any team in the EFL hasn't got 20 wins um, in the third division since the season 1971 to 72. And that's just a testament to what, if that is true, that's just a testament to what we have done this season. Huge. Argyle Archie asks, what is our most impressive part of the promotion campaign? For me, it was Shuey's ability to make sure the wheels didn't fall off in that February to April period when the spine of the team was out. Cooper Scar, uh, Adam Randall and Morgan Whitaker obviously gone as well. Um, performances weren't great and there was a few heavy defeats, but the wheels didn't fall off. I think, Dan, you've already said that the home, the home record... Any advances on that? If somebody needs to pull up the stat about the amount of points we've taken from losing positions, because <clears throat> it's the thing. I whilst whilst all the injuries and all that sort of stuff, and losing Whitaker halfway through is is important and is, is big. I don't feel like I've ever seen an Argyle team that has this ability to to go down in a game. I, be, I believe it's twenty four points we've taken from losing positions. 24. Yeah, with 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 such regularity. I mean I mean that's a quarter is that that's basically a quarter of our point, isn't it? Yeah. Without doing the maths off of my head. It's nearly, nearly there or thereabouts. It I've never seen an Argyle team that has that has had that ability to return that many points from losing positions. Um and it's testament to the the mental strength of the players and, and whatever Chewie's saying to them at halftime because because there's there's there must be something going on in there, and I would love to see what happens inside that dress room every week. Because I think it'd be a good sight to see, and something for wannabe managers or managers to be to to learn from. I think because um, that's that's the bit that's got me. Fergie was famous for the hair dryer. Do we think that sure he's got a name for it? The the washing machine. He mixes it up. I don't know. I would I would I would hate to guess, but I, I'm I'm sure he'll let us know at one point. <laughs> Talking of which, uh, Argyle USA have asked, what do you make of this team's bounce back ability? Um, so many of our, so many of our few losses across competitions were drubbings, so no, and there's no need to list them. Uh, something about the mentality and and this roster allowed this team to rise above those disappointments. Bounce back ability. Um, this is going to sound like an incredibly. Um, look at me how clever I'm trying to be point. I'm going to say it anyway. I think one of the best results for our season, and don't get me wrong, unlike me, I know, um, I'm not going to be saying this if we miss out on the title by two points, but as long as we get the job done and win the title, I think one of the best results for our season it would have been a 2-2 draw at Burton, because up to that point, we were still doing brilliantly, but up to that point, we were just showing signs of wobbling. We were, whilst we were still gaining points to losing positions, what we were doing up to and including that game is we were also throwing away points from winning positions. We were winning at Pompey and we drew. We were winning at Burton and we drew. We were winning at Lincoln and we drew. We were winning at Fleetwood and we lost. We were 2-0 up at Bristol Rovers and we drew. So as great as that first bit of the season was, the real worry I had in my mind, I was thinking, mm, is this team mentally strong? Because we are throwing away a lot of points from winning positions. That Burton game happened. Schumacher did say there was a full and frank reaction to it. And I'm going to shock you. I don't know if any of you actually noticed that. 
we have not, since that Burton game, lost a single point from winning positions. And that was in the middle of November. Every single time we've been in the lead after that Burton game, we've gone on to win the game. Every single time, without fail. And that, that in itself, given that's nearly six months ago, is an absolutely extraordinary uh, statistic. Uh, and he's obviously, whatever happened in that Burton game, he's obviously used that as a catalyst. And I think that's, um, to kind of answer Archie's question as well, I think that's one of the most impressive, impressive things. The fact that we have surrendered nothing from winning positions in all those games we've took the lead, not once have we failed to win from a winning position, which is just absolutely incredible. What, what I would add to that also is... Um is that was the only time this season, I know we haven't lost that many games, but we have lost heavily quite a few times. Um, is That was the only time this season that Stephen Schumacher blamed the referee for um, the result. Um, and after that game, I was like, well, it's not really the referee's fault because you brought on Finley Krask after... Uh, you know, so no, no offense to Finley Krask, but he's a player that we were really digging in in those last um, sort of five minutes and added time, and he brought him on, and that's a player with not very much experience. Um, and I felt that in that game, not just Finley Krask, but the the selection from the start wasn't that great, um, and and things like that. So without rambling on, I think he learned from that himself. So not just the team learned from that, but he has a manager. Um, and I think I tweeted something at the time, like um, just after that game, like he's done so well so far this season, but it still shows that he's learning. And well, he seems to have learned from that. Yeah. Obviously you mentioned uh, Finley Krask there. Um, congratulations to Paul Watton's Truro City for winning uh, the playoffs to rejoin the National League South. So, Hopefully, Finley Crass can pick up some NLS experience. I was, uh, yeah, I was congratulations to and Tyler. Sorry, Luke, Luke on. I was going to mention it later, but um, I was not expecting Finley Crass to be uh, catching strays on a, on the day he gets promoted. But <laughs> uh, just just to tell that I'm really sorry, Finley Crass. That was not a, that was. If you're listening, that is not. A, I'm not pointing fingers at you. That was just something I remember from that game. He was there for the promotion celebration, so he's had he's had a big weekend as well. Yeah, I'm sure Finn didn't mean to, didn't mean to insult his fellow Finley in, in in that way, but um, it was it probably didn't help whoever was organising the corner had Finley crashed, marking Adrian Mariapa for that corner. He was about twice his size, but um, yeah, listen, he, he's obviously been a good part of Truro's promotion, and I hope that um, whether it's on loan or, or whether he ends up, you know, going 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 somewhere permanently in the summer, I hope that wherever he is, whether it's in the National League South or or maybe even in the National League, he gets good game, game time in his uh, career, progresses on next season because he's um, obviously done very well for them. Congratulations to him and the Paul Watson and Tyler Harvey. I think I'm not forgetting anybody involved in Truro, am I? So, but they've all, all been Stuart part of the today. Stuart Yetton, indeed. Yeah, him too. Congratulations I've, to all of those. I've got a life follower. And, uh, yes, oh, sorry. Sorry, um, right, Stuart, if you're listening, you as well. Also, whilst we're on it, we'll just drop it in. Uh, four of the under-18s will become professionals next season. With uh, So congratulations to Zach Baker, Jack Endicott, Oscar Halls and Will Jenkins-Davies. Some huge talent there that we've all impressed when they've had chances. Uh, whilst we're on um, some people getting promotions, let's, let's move on to some people getting relegations. 
Um, Green Army 1989 asks, which clubs do we want to see relegated from the Premier League? Um, some huge away days potential next season. Obviously, Everton have just finished. That's finished 2-2, so they are still in the bottom three. Um, it's got to be Goodison away next season, isn't it? Huge. Who do I want? Um... Southampton are basically gone, right? Yeah, Southampton are probably going to go. I'm going to be selfish for personal and family reasons. I'm going to get hate from a very good uh, friend of mine now. Uh, I'd like to see Nottingham Forest come down, um, but that's that's personal. Um, just because it's an easier way trip for me. Uh, who else? I quite fancy a bit of Ellen Road as well. It's been a while since we went there. I, I quite fancy a bit of Ellen Road. Get Leeds, get Leeds down to Own Park on a sunny afternoon in the summer. That'd be that'd be pretty good. Kick the season off at home to Leeds. What a what a welcome back to the championship that'll be. Well, so I just want to say from a personal perspective, thanks Cardiff City for staying up because that's going to be a one hell of a way day for me next season. Yeah, whilst we're on thanking clubs. Huge thanks to David Wagner for keeping Norwich down. So that's a nice for me. Finn's thank you to Cardiff City there is a nailed on Boxing Day fixture. We're going back to the good old days of the championship. Cardiff away on Boxing Day. I'm going to call it now. Talking of which, Gary Sawyer scored today in the Celebrity XI game. He scored, did he? Excellent. Give him a contract. Um, Mark Lovell um, asks, what player, in brackets, known to Argar, would you like to see back in the championship? He said he'll start. Curtis Nelson. Will we all get to answer this? Yeah, crack on. Good, because I need time to think. <laughs> so do I. Someone else go. Um, I think Ryan Leonard could 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 be an option. I think he, he's clearly got a lot of links to the club. He did the podcast, the official club podcast a little while ago, which is um, quite unusual for players currently employed to another club. Maybe I'm reading a bit too much into that. Sorry, there's another podcast? You know, that, yeah, there, there might be. There, there might be. Um, right, right, so Ryan Leonard might be an option. He's been at Millwall for a number of years now, and maybe it might be, even though it is uh, advancing years, might fancy a return home. And I think if we're possibly looking at someone to um, maybe, maybe sort of fill in their sort of Houghton role, if if we don't retain him or if he's, you know, only kept his back up, Leonard could be a, a good option for that. Um he he's clearly got a good good cross on him, good passing range. I think he can take set pieces as well. So yeah, I'd, I'd be welcome to see Ryan Leonard back here. I think I kind of agree with Sam. Whilst I'm on the uh sort of end of lasting players uh on this podcast, um I would like to see an upgrade sort of Matt, sort of the kind of Matt Butcher Jordan Houghton role. Um, next season and yeah Ryan Leonard has obviously played a lot of years at championship level now and he's proven and he's still playing at a high level with Millwall he looks set to get playoffs yeah for me I think it's I'm I'm a massive Curtis Nelson fanboy I'd love to see him back obviously he's out of contract and the season Um, I think just his uh, just his experience you know he he offers a bit bit of a different um, a different voice in the dressing room. I think he would, you know, him, Scar, potentially keep Wilson on. That's a, that's a solid, solid back three um, with Gillespie in there as well. I think oh, the other option is, I believe, Zach Viner. Is that a contract? Did he? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think I'd love that was the name that popped into my head. Whether you know whether I don't know what his situation is at Bristol City, how keen they are to keep him, or or what his kind of stock is with them, if you like. But if there was a possibility of us getting him back to either play middle centre back or right centre back in the three, I think that would be a wonderful signing for us. Um, did you say? Did you say it was um, only kind of ex Argyle players? Are we saying at this point? No, we can move it. We can move it. Oh, God, I, know, I know that I've we as a one. fan base have a very unhealthy obsession with former players, and and um, I'm sure there'll be people linking Carey back for one more, uh, one more stint <laughs> in the championship. One but, last hurrah! Yeah, I'll take Lemira. Yeah, yeah I was. I was going to say the 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 two that I was thinking of. One of them, one of them would have been Lemira, but I think that's a long shot. The other one I'm thinking is. Any chance that if if Southampton and Bournemouth both come down, Jack Stevens? No chance. No chance. Happy no birthday, chance. Regan, if you're listening, by the way. You're <laughs> you got, we you might know, get Craig Kafka. That's that's more that's more realistic. You never know. You never know. Um, I I was trying to inject there, and I was on mute. Sorry. Um, I I would also agree. Jack Stevens would probably get a more established offer than us. Um, Lemiras, I, I love that as a shout. I I love Lemiras as a shout. I think he he'd be an like he was he was to me just up, you know right up there with Carey as one of my favourite ever, most exciting players to watch. How great he was! He was the one shining bit of joy in that awful awful. Um, relegation season, and he's he's not really got in their team, has he? Where he is in club in Portugal the last I look again, will he get a better offer? Probably, but I can dream. That's just an incredible. Um, would be an incredible signing. Um, Cathcart is is probably kind of viable, but then things with Nelson again. I'm sorry to put a bit of a, a bit a bit of a moan on it, but like he has just he did just get like let go from Cardiff for not really getting in their team when they were, they were lower mid table. He has played quite regularly in Blackpool's half season when they've gone down. Is he that good anymore? I don't know. Look, I'm not saying that necessarily means you have been players who've been part of relegation teams. They've just been, you know, the wrong player in the wrong system or they've been, you know, good, but players around have let them down. So I'm not saying that would necessarily make him bad. But if you looked at us and saw, saw we were signing Curtis Nelson based on his last few years without the prior connection to Argyle, would you be that excited? I'm, I'm not sure you would. Just for reference, Lemiris has played 19 times a season for a team sixth in the Portuguese top flight. Ah, I, I thought it was less than that. I thought it was, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, well, I, well, I enjoyed the two minutes of dreaming since you suggested it, but never mind. Fine. We'll just get Lukas Djukovic back. The Sam Cosgrove mould. I know I know. we have a we have an unhealthy obsession as a fan base to uh, former players. So... Um, Bring Jermaine Easter out of retirement or something. Exactly. Like I look forward to see how many times we're linked with Chris Zabrowski. Um, <laughs> Sam Barker asks, are you looking forward to back-to-back promotions? We're off to the Prem. Yes. Yeah. In all seriousness, how, how do we... We don't have to go too deep into it, but obviously I know, I know it's well early and we need a whole summer of recruitment and we need to see who stays up and who comes down, but... Right now, I'm still backing us to stay up. But having, having looked at it the last few days and thought about it more, obviously now we're actually going to be playing there next season. I feel like there's enough teams to um, that are either got similar finances to us. Obviously, they'll have a little bit more with a couple of seasons in the championship, but generally, like your Rotherhams and 
Um, I bank there to be another team like Wigan um, this season because the championship clubs have just been managed so poorly over the last few years. Um, I bank there to be another club that that kind of loses points. I'm, I, look, I don't wish I want other clubs and I don't want to see them go bust and whatever, but um, if it works to our advantage, then I could see another club going like hem- well, hemorrhaging points basically because of their financial um, mismanagement. Yeah, I mean, if three or four clubs go bust, I can I can definitely see us staying up. <laughs> Christ, what a shout! Um, just to just to go back on what we were just saying, Ashley Barnes and Dan Gosling are both free agents. Dan Gosling is a shout. I hadn't thought of him, and that's a shout. Because yeah, he's not really played much for Watford, has he? So it's feasible he could drop down to a a less established club at that level. He's not played a load this season. Um, yeah, I like I like that. I, I don't mind that. I think that's a that's a decent. He's had a bit of experience now. It's um bit of a homecoming after he you know had that one one in a bit year. Oh, Dan Gosling would be would be tidy. I think Dan Gosling and Ashley Barnes scoring against Sean Dyche at Everton on a, a two nil opening day win at Goodison Park. I'll take that. Don't you mean Mark Hughes' Argyle's um, uh, scoring against Stephen Schumacher and Everton? Yeah. Not Mark Hughes, the former Wales manager, by the way. The one who's our current assistant manager. But uh, sorry, that's not to be being negative. You touched on it there, Sam. If Everton go down, let's just, let's just ask it whilst it's in my head. If Everton go down... The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And they come calling. Are you are you giving him his best wishes and letting him go to his his club? We've we've just been promoted, and you're talking about us letting our manager go. I'm okay. just asking. I'm whilst, whilst I'm, go, I'm I'm going to back out at this point if this is where this podcast is going to go I'm tonight. Because I why why do you have to ask it? What's <laughs> the point? Then we, then we get Warnock back. We, we are will, literally we are not going to hire Neil Warnock, even if he does go. We're not going to hire Neil Warnock. We're less than seventy-two hours after promotion, and you're already planning for life when our, our manager leaves. You want a championship boost, please? please. This Hello. is the this is this is the most argyle way to look at a promotion I have ever known in my life. It's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> He's only asked the question, Joe. Come on, <laughs> Neil Warnock back. John Sheridan is number two. Boost Cruise incoming. I, I, I think when Joe talks about eccentric, act, no, 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 I'm not even going to know. Libel, libel. Yeah, well, um, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, look, um, I, 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 now I don't want to focus on it too much, but if it if it happened, of course, you get my best wishes. Crikey, that's a boyhood club, but I'm sure it won't for a little while yet. Anyway, 
I, I can't. I honestly don't get it. Why are we even giving? Why are we even given his question the airtime? Move on, for Christ's sake. Ask something else, will you? <laughs> so, Joe, which yeah, is Stephen Schumacher left us. It's going to be the next chart next season. <laughs> and we don't give a fuck because we got Neil Warnock and the Greens are spinning There we go. <laughs> so, uh, any any the other one. questions that are not going to cause anyone to get massively angry before we finish? <laughs> no other questions. Uh, just absolutely buzzing. Um, what a way to finish the season. Well, it's not over yet, it's not over, but what a way to uh, uh, Joe and Finn. Are you going to Port Vale? I, I am going to be present at the home park screening. Um, okay, on Sunday. so if you want to go get selfies with Joe and get his autograph, you know where he is, Finn. I, I will be in the Devonport end, yeah. So if anyone wants to come over and have a picture, we're both part of the same weekend group. Uh, over the over the weekend, so we will we will uh, we will be doing maybe doing an Argyle live Twitter space live from Derby's Pop World at three or four a.m. <laughs> uh, if you're very very lucky. Oh no! Yes, please do. Um, I'll be there. Unfortunately, I'm not because um, mostly because Port Vale have about accessible uh, seats in there. Well, no, it might be. I think it's free accessible seats in their away end. Um, so yeah, I had no chance of getting tickets, particularly with my um my my points being sort of low in the uh in the scale of things um with me being away um this season. So yeah, so I, unfortunately I won't, but I will be watching um on on Argyle. Last question. Uh nice short sharp one. Are we gonna win the title? Lou, yes or no? Yes. Joe, yes or no? Yes. Finn, yes or no? Yeah. Dan, yes or no? One more win, yes. Sam, down. Yes. Oh God. I think we're going to do it. I think we've we every single time we we we've done it. We've we proved them wrong. We've got one more. We've got one more. We'll do it. I think Nigel Lomvike is going to score the winner off his shin in a ninety-sixth minute and uh, get his name. Sorry, to very quickly answer our earlier question, the person who plays the role of Jim Benson will definitely get away. And, I'll, and Joe wants to say something, so I'll hand it back. Sam Sam Down thinks that Plymouth Argyle are going to win the title, beating Port Vale on the final day. I would like to put on record my congratulations to Ipswich Town on being League One champions. <laughs> 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 we're going to they're, 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 they're go to Fleetwood and win 7 0, and we're going to do it with a deflected goal from a lone player. Uh, and, and that's how I'll win the league. No, I think I think Hardy's going to notch his fiftieth, but I would absolutely love to see Nigel Lomvike get one in on off his ass. That'd be hilarious. Cheers for joining me, guys, and uh, we'll, we'll rejoin after the uh, title-winning celebrations. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Cheers, Aaron. Thank you and goodbye. With that, brings a close to another Green and White Pod brought to you by Argyle Life. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Like on Facebook and keep up to date with all things Argyle by checking out www.argyle.life. As always, with all listens, old and new, we really appreciate if you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. Every rating helps us beat that algorithm. See you next week.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.